Just released arguably one of the best releases of 2020, saving us from the most fucked up year we have all experienced. And it is my absolute pleasure to welcome Jordan Fish and Lee Malia from Bring Me the Motherfucking Horizon to Wall of Sound. Boys, welcome and congratulations on post-human survival horror. Thank you very much. It's uh, honestly like fans all over the globe right now, especially through the uh, Wall of Sound community, are just talking about how good this album is and how much of a fantastic return to form it is. In saying that, though, Bring Me's progression over the years has seen you guys change up styles every single album that's come out. And this one sort of like sees you head in like a, a thrash metal direction, that kind of thing. What was the, the process of going into writing this EP with the current circumstances around the world? Well, we started it in. We started it really at the beginning of this year. Me, Lee, and Ollie went to Amsterdam to try and get some kind of initial ideas going for a couple of weeks. Yeah, and then I think that was like the beginnings of figuring out where we were going to go with it. And and then we took it back to Sheffield and did some more work on it there. And and that's kind of where it began. And then obviously the, the pandemic happened as we were kind of like just trying to figure out what we were what we were doing with it. I think we just started to write Parasite Eve. And we were getting a bit of a vibe around the record. And then we kind of had to change our plans and went into lockdown. So we all had to go home. So from that point on, it kind of uh, changed a bit, a bit the way we approached the writing. And we just had to adapt and figure it out from there, really. Because it's an awkward situation to find yourself in. I mean, like, it's not unusual for bands to record albums, like, in different continents and different parts of the world and that kind of thing. But on top of this, you're trying to put together a whole bunch of music and also, like, not freak out your families and keep in touch with everyone and try and realise what the fuck's going on around you. I mean, both you boys are new fathers as well. So, like, you know, was that playing a big part in, like, how you're going to continue on moving forward and looking after your family more so than, like, how the band's going to continue? Uh, I guess it goes hand in hand with, like, because the band is our uh, like lifeline, isn't it? So <laughs> I guess we just uh, we knew the band had to like carry on doing stuff, and and we wanted we wanted to carry on working, I suppose, and and stay like relevant. Because otherwise, we could have just disappeared if we I guess if we'd just not done anything for a long time. So we wanted to keep relevant and carry on writing. So I guess we just got on with it. It kind of also kind of felt like we had to do something. It was such an intense time this year that it's like kind of have to do something to do with it or. I don't know, especially Parasite Eve, that was kind of like a first... Originally, I think it was going to be like, well, let's just do Parasite Eve and see how it goes. And it went really well, and it really kind of captured the stressful vibe. So as the year's gone on, it's just, it's just felt like we could carry on responding to what's going on in the world. Basically. And look, it was a, a great tie-in as well, too, because like you were saying before, like you were writing this song before the pandemic hit, then all of a sudden the pandemic hits and you're like, oh shit, we could just change a couple of words around and it can reflect what's going on in the world right now and become the anthem for 2020, which is essentially what I'm calling it. Like Parasite Eve is the anthem for COVID-19, which is just a, an incredible thing to even think about. But like, well done to you guys for being so topical and jumping on that as soon as possible. Yeah, I think that's like always kind of where his lyrics in it he's good at like writing like stuff that's relevant to a lot of people so but we also with, with Parasite Eve we actually talked about like we had to delay it a bit didn't we because we didn't want to bring out like a song like about what was going on and then all these people be dying and stuff and people think it was like uh, yeah yeah I don't know like taking advantage of it or whatever and not being thoughtful about 
what's actually happening. So we yeah, we kind of delayed the release That's the word, yeah. Exactly, yeah. That's the thing. I mean, like with everything that's happened and and the way that you guys handled it all, and and you know, you were there for not only your families, your fans, and and each other as well. Like it just shows the fact that just how switched on Bring Me the Horizon is. And talking about the fact that you know th- this album covered a whole lot of uh, the drama that's happened this year, I wanted to talk in particular about the opening track, Dear Diary. Lee, holy fucking shit! Your dad gave you a guitar at age eleven, and now you're writing one of the best thrash like riffs I've heard in quite a, a, lo- a long time. Like, how did he feel when you first played him this song and said, "Because of you, I created this"? Uh, I don't even know if he's heard it yet. <laughs> 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 I haven't been able to go and see it. Uh, he's probably heard it now because it's been released. But the riff, the main riff, it comes from uh, something Jordan made. It was like a, I guess, him started on a synth. So yeah, I can't really remember. The only thing I remember about that is the, the solo. Survival! We had an idea of what we wanted and I couldn't, I don't even know much about that kind of music. So I just like recorded myself going like <laughs> down a mic. And then I just did it with like distortion on and I sent it to Lee and I was like, oh, could you do something like this? And he was like, yeah, I know what that is. Um, <laughs> He's like, I can do that exact thing. So then he came, sent it back, and it was exactly what's on the record. So obviously, like, that was the best way I could get across. Mm. I guess it's a sort of Slayer character. Yeah, I just went as, as Slayer as possible for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And- I mean, like, with the void that the world has right now with no Slayer, like, I, I bring me the horizon contemplating maybe possibly filling that void and, like, chucking out a, a thrash metal album in future. Unlikely, I would say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably not. I think, I think a dabble is, dabble is probably enough for us. Yeah. I love the word you've got there, dabbling, because from what we've seen over the past couple of years, you boys have had an eclectic amount of different releases that have come out. A more hit you more with the lyrical content and saw the band like team up with an EDM kind of soundtrack. And then you, you check out this uh, new EP you've got, and then all of a sudden it's a, a great return to heavy with just a whole bunch of different collaborations we never saw coming. Baby Metal, Youngblood, Nova Twins, Amy fucking Lee from Evanescence. Like, what goes through your mind when you went to go pick these people specifically for these songs? I don't know, really. Some of them are kind of just curveball ideas, and then at first you're like, oh, maybe. And then over time, you grow to really love the idea. Like, the Amy Lee one was, it came in, and then it was like, oh, it might be cool to get her on a track. And then once you send them the track and stuff, and you're waiting to hear back from them, you start to become a bit obsessed with the idea and then and then it's like oh what if they come back and say no and then you really <laughs> want it it's quite weird and then it's like I really hope she does it so that was like Amy Lee was like one of them throwaway suggestions like that might be cool and then over time it became like if she doesn't do it then you know it feels like the stake of the whole like record depends on if they come back and do it or not and it was the same with Baby Metal like you get so hung up and we had that song and it was like oh Baby Metal would be cool and then once the, the stuff had gone to them it was just like oh if we pull this off and Baby Metal are on it and stuff, this song's going to be so fucking sick. Yeah, and Kingslay is fucking awesome. It's so good, man. Like, I've been following Baby Metal for, for the past couple of years, and when I saw there was a the photo that you all got together, I can't, I was even actually talking to Janine, uh, and she was, you know, was saying that something has to happen with these two bands because you put them together. It's not a case of putting two wrongs together to make a right. It's putting two completely different styles together and then seeing what it births, like the, the creation. And then we've seen the creation in Kingslayer and Itch for the Cure, the, the lead-in song, and it's so fucking beautiful. It just works so well. Thanks very much. I think they're they're definitely one of them bands that 
we can relate to in a way that they're not quite, they're not like a purist. Um, so yeah, we have that connection with them where, you know, they mix a lot of different styles. They're not your standard band. I mean, they're really nice girls anyway and a really nice team around them. And every time we meet them, we always, they just yeah. give off a good kind of energy. And that sounds a bit cliche to say, but they just have a nice energy around them. And we've just wanted to do something with them for ages. And they're cool. I think they're a really cool band as well. Also, when we toured, us, uh, we toured Japan with them, didn't we? And uh, all yeah. their fans were like, they went like crazy when we played and stuff. So we would, we, it's like, I don't know, Japan seems to be kicking off a bit for us as well, doesn't it? And I think it's a lot down to the fact that Dave Metal took us out on that tour. And um, it got a lot of people to see us and stuff. So it's, it's kind of cool that they were still want to work with us and stuff. And look, unintentionally, it's a way that you can sort of tie into the Japanese market because I remember when that tour happened with Baby Metal and all of the fan artwork that appeared online, all the anime versions of yourselves that the fans were drawing. I mean, it was a, it was a match made in heaven that was bound to happen eventually. So, like, kudos to you guys for pulling it off and, and turning into what it was. To be honest, it's one of those things, like, Japan has always been not the best place for us over the years and it's just been a bit of a bummer because we just absolutely love Japan as a band. It's, like, our fav- one of our favourite places. So, yeah, just in the last year... Ammo did quite well in Japan and then that tour and everything. We've just had a little bit of a, we just popped off a bit in Japan, which is quite unexpected. I think at this point in our career, we didn't think that was going to happen. But yeah, also Death Stranding, obviously, with the Japanese yeah. developer and um, and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, we just had a really cool, our experiences in Japan last year was one of the highlights of the year, probably. So getting them on a track just made sense. We had the tour with them, we love the band. So yeah, it's cool to be able to do something. And that's why we wanted their verse to be in Japanese. They came back. They came back with an English verse, and Ollie just replied to them, "There's any chance you could do something in Japanese?" And they were like, "Really?" I just thought it'd be cooler to have them in their actual in their actual language. It just sounds so cool. On the idea of talking about the EP, and this is a a, a point that's sort of getting like rustled around by fans all across the internet at the moment. Why was the idea to call it an EP as opposed to an album with nine songs on it? Um, well, we initially intended it to be shorter. To be fair, I didn't think it was going to be nine tracks, and then. I guess EP, we probably used the wrong terminology in the first place. I don't think we should have maybe said EP. So I guess it's, it's four like records, really, if you want to think of it like that, of, of any length. That was the idea. So if we wanted to drop a four-track record and that felt right, then we'd do that. If we wanted to do just whatever we want. So yeah, this one's ended up, to be fair, being an album, really, isn't it? I guess. It's an album if you take away the shit songs off of a normal album. <laughs> Look, it's hard to find the shit ones in this, though. But the question I've got to follow up on that uh, and to sort of wrap this all up is this is obviously part one of four. Will all the EPs or albums or whatever you want to call them roll into each other or is it going to be a diverse range of different genres for each release you have in mind? I I think we can just like, the thing about doing it this way is we can adapt to whatever we're feeling. Well, it's not really planned, is it? So, no, I mean, a lot of people are saying, oh, so what's the second, third and fourth one going to be about? What's the vibe going to be? I was like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> 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 yeah, you know I mean, we haven't read all four, so no idea. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think Ollie's got some conceptual ideas about where, what kind of vibes he wants to get across. And but yeah, part of the idea of this is we can be a little bit reactive. So, you know, I, you know, I think that and they'll be different. All of them are going to be different, but you know we can see what's going down well and use this as a launch pad to go on to the next one, and then see how we want to, how we want to take the next one. I guess. So yeah, the whole point is that we're not writing a twenty-track album and breaking it up. We're going to actually write them as we go. Um, and even this one, we were working on it up until six weeks ago, which sounds like a long time, but it's not really. To be finishing off the record that close to a release is like super quick. So yeah, we're we're hoping to keep going like that and be quite reactive and not be 
sitting on a record for a year and all that shit. Well, look, keep doing what you're doing, guys, because obviously it's working. It's fantastic to see where Bring Me The Horizon has come from to where you guys are now. And I, for one, and a whole bunch of fans are excited to see where you guys go next. All the best. Post-Human Survival Horror is out now. The EP, the album, whatever the fuck it is, go buy it, go stream it, support these lads, and hopefully once all this shit ends, we'll see you back in Australia soon. Lads, thank you so much for the time. Thanks, Brownie. Thanks for the support, mate. See you soon.